thank you for coming. And thank you also for all of the help that you are giving us to keep us in motion, keep the so-called wheels turning, the wheel of the Dharma, as it is seen from this particular perspective, reaching out to people, receiving people who reach this way as well as we can. Continue to help us if you can. However, if all you can do is help us by attending. That's pretty good. If this makes sense to you, you click with this information, this uh, Dharma teaching, and also help us financially if you can. This morning's Dharma talk is titled, Listen More, 9010. That's a form that I showed up a few years ago to help people see how they could work with everything, with their relationships or with your own mind stream. Listen to your mind. Don't comment on it. There's enough crap running around in there, and there's enough light bulbs and jewelry and valuable aspects of the mind stream. Don't differentiate or you'll get lost in what? Your greed for success. Greed shows up lots of ways. Grasping. So listen more. Listen to your partner, your mate, your friend, your coworker, the person you're waiting on, you're serving, when they show up, listen. Even if they're not saying anything yet, give it a few minutes. And then when you do receive, receive 90% of the time. It's kind of an impossible form, but it's better than 50-50 because you can't, you can't really do 50-50. You can't do 90-10 either, but the intention to do that lets you know just how much you run your mouth towards yourself and towards others, chattering constantly. I like that. I like that. I like that. They shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done this. I need to watch more that more closely. Blah, blah, blah. On and on and on. How, what do you work with that? You cannot stop that. So when I say, don't do that, or if I say 90-10, I know you can't do that because it's not something that the ego mind could do or he, she, they would have been doing it a long time ago because they want results. The I, the ego, that intense clump of consciousness that's, that is paranoid and thinks there is something going wrong or something going right. It's not that there isn't relatively, but go ahead. Have success in the relative world. That can be done. Your karma may be in line so you can do that, and it may be in line so you just end up being uh, unsheltered, shall we say, without a home, without a way to generate a livelihood. That can happen happens to a lot of people, depending on the structure that one uh, enters into, your family, how you're treated. If you're actually taught a little bit of respect when you're three or four years old, instead of the constant uh, yammering of you have to mind, you have to obey, that does not work. When I say it doesn't work, I'm not saying situationally it won't work some. That's the illusion that, well, that works some of the time. That's part of our the trap of ego, the trap of greed. It looks looks like we're justified. We have that coming, maybe. If there were an I, you could say that, but there isn't one. There's not a solid person anywhere. Don't believe it. 
consider that. Consider what's being said there, and then that turn that into your consciousness, your way of working of working with your uh, what arises in your mind stream. You need to see it. It is something you actually see. It's not something you think about. You know, I don't think about anything much. If thoughts start up, I start to get confused. Everybody's like this close to a smile, but they're not quite sure. There's that kind of where the mouth starts to just kind of. The only person I know that can do that really well is my son, Takudo. He's never here. He's somewhere else smiling. Namely, way up in the mountains in Nepal, I guess. Somewhere up there about 10,000 feet. 90-10. So that's something you can just apply that form. I, I would say it's difficult if you're not a meditator. And I doubt if there's many people here that, who don't meditate some. But to actually, it's, it's kind of embarrassing when you see that how much you actually talk all the time about something. And that talking may have some information, may have some help for somebody, but quite often it just it's just a way of not being vulnerable because to sit and just look somebody in the eyes and not say much for a while can feel very threatening. So we want to crank it up, keep it going, keep something rotating around. And some people are very convincing at looking like they're making sense. You might be one of those people. Bring it this way. See how you do. When I say see how you do, I said there, there's no one here. There's someone here. And I can be a real pain in the ass. But there's also no one here. So you might feel very alone when you're talking to me. Unless you're listening. Talk 90% of the time, listen 10. That's what you usually do. And so the way we do that, the way we train our minds, which is I, I talk about training the mind all the time, is to face the wall and, so, and train the mind to see clearly what comes and goes. Practice on something that is yours, it's personal, it's subjective, and it's right in, in front of you in terms of your sense fields, your sense uh, nerve endings, and your mind, which is just a big weird nerve ending that you can't find where you, you can't touch it somewhere. It's kind of like the eardrum. You know what the eardrum does, but you can't go in and touch your eardrum and test it out to make sure that's working okay. If you do, you'll probably hurt yourself. But you, 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 you have this sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of smell a little bit closer, but the, the sensing in the mind is a different situation altogether. That's, that, show, that gets you closer to what, how this actually shows up as a manifestation that is subject to the laws of cause and effect. And I say laws or forms. So even 90-10 is about observing. It's not so much about controlling. So endeavor, have an intention. The next time you're talking to someone, especially if it's someone you have a lot of difficulty with or difficulty interacting with, listen to them. When I say listen, that doesn't mean you get into a conversation with them necessarily, unless that's the way it just naturally goes. Sometimes that's that's just what shows up in relating to another person. I can keep talking about this for the rest of the hour, or we can start with some questions if you like, if you have some, 
I think sometimes it works better to, to do that. And sometimes it just screws the whole thing up. So be careful. Go ahead. Michael Bowing. Is it the dullness of our senses that adds to our suffering? I heard you, but what do you want to know? What is it you want to know? It has to be a question. I hear what you're saying, and I could go into that, but it's very conversational, and it's very, it's just, it's like wood with a lot of splinters. It's still wood, but you can't do much with it. Splintered. Go ahead. What do you want to know? What is the cause of suffering? We want something else, including everything. We're never happy, never satisfied with anything. It's, there's always something wrong with it. Just like the definition, somebody gave the definition, it was a portrait painter of a, of a portrait. What, how would you define a portrait? And they said, it's something where there's something wrong with the nose. <laughs> that tells you what it's like to be a portrait painter. Can't quite get that nose right. Too much darkness, too light, too the, the nostril is too dark. It looks like a hole is punched in the face. Got to get that the right light intensity so that it so that it looks like a cavity, but it's you see where I'm going? Yes. More? Is there a cause to this wanting things to be different? Michael. Yes. <laughs> yes. Find out. Find out what it is. Take your butt to the wall every day for as long as you can. You won't find this by thinking about it. I don't care how brilliant you are. There's a lot of very intelligent people in this room. Uh, and you probably have tried to think your way into this and have found out you're probably not getting anywhere. I have a lot. I know a lot. And I've studied this and studied that and studied this and studied that. The only thing that I know of that will fundamentally help you is to hold still, slow down, hold still. Look at the wall. Look at the carpeting. You don't have to do some kind of fancy Zen stuff. But stillness is important. I recommend sitting symmetrical, sitting with this particular mudra, but you can put your hands on your knees. You can put your hands anywhere, just drape them in your lap, but don't move. Hold very still. This would be the one I would recommend because it's not something you do casually. It's something you, this shows up as your intention to train your mind to see right through your self-deception because you know you're deceiving yourself. If you don't, know you're deceiving yourself, then what well, you are. You can believe that if you want to. That's it's a fancy way that the, 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 the so-called uh, imaginary self protects itself from being investigated because it just, it just wraps some kind of hoop or loop or, or a square knot, you know, a, around the situation so you really can't look in there because well that's what we already we yeah we got that figured out it's like trying to get into a board meeting and they won't let you in and say we well we got it covered you you know you're you're good just go take a break it's like something trying to keep the awareness away from that so the the confusion the delusion can continue to operate the dictator 
and continue to function by protecting himself, herself, themselves from any kind of awareness that might come in. Awareness only. Awareness only. That's the only, that's the only, uh, what, medicine, or that's the only, the only thing that will dissolve the solidity, this knot that's in the middle of your heart that is so terrified of everything. And it will do anything to not look at that it's generating it itself. It, will, it, it wants to go outside. And so that's why 90-10, listen, will over time, time, six months, eight months, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, do it anyway. You have nothing but time. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as time. Prove it. Just because a hand there goes around a clock, it's kind of a silly one. But that makes a lot more sense. This one, a lot more sense than the digital one. Don't use a digital clock for anything. Stay with the circles because that represents what this, the illusion, that shows that you, you, the illusion where the other one is so um, condensed into uh, conceptual mind or conceptual, uh, the, the structure of mind that grasps and hangs on, it can hang on to that better. Hard to hang on to a circle. Sir? Do you mind? Is the 10% just enough to stay in the conversation so that we can receive the 90%? Yeah, you won't even get to, you won't even get to those numbers. That's, that's what you intend. But if you're lucky, when I say lucky, if, if the uh, situation is working okay, you might get to 50-50. So to come back to your question, maybe that, might, that could happen, especially with someone who uh, who talks a lot and, and won't interrupt them. You're kind of forced into ten percent, and then you can take credit for doing ninety ten. But you know, try it with somebody that doesn't talk much. Let me see if I can find somebody on here that you can practice on. Just a minute. Let me find all my non-talkers. I'm using my finger so you can see where I'm looking at. Hmm, no, no. <laughs> Wait, no, no, not him. Wait, wait, wait. Ah, practice on nice show. Okay. okay. Sound exciting? <laughs> Back there, whatever your name is. Ondavali, a question from uh, Neha in India. How do you spell that? N E H A. Neha. They ask, right. I feel lost. Good. I have graduated, don't know what I want to do. I am 21, having no friends right from childhood. Is there any reason and how to be okay with it? Man or woman? Ask. That's a woman's name. Oh, thank you, Tisho. I should have gone to you first. <laughs> Neha. Yeah, it does. It does make sense as a woman's name. So I would say uh, you have friends here. You're on, you're on Zoom. That's why we're able to make use of this incredible technology. We've got a few dozen people that have a similar interest in wanting to know, not wanting to take for granted or believe in something or join some kind of a cult. You know, this, is, this is not a cult. You're not required to do anything. 
I don't, I don't ask you to do anything. I recommend that you train your mind. And I recommend you train it in the way that I've been training my mind for a long time. That's it. So, Neha, just keep attending this. Ask questions. Uh, if you if you get that far, which it might not be for maybe a long time, maybe never, talk to me face to face, at least on Zoom, or come here. Train your mind. All the things you could do with your life are important relatively. We need to make a living. On and on, I could go on and on, and you already know what that is, but find out who you are. So no doubts, don't get your understanding from anyone, not any teacher, any guru, any, 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 get it from yourself. You might need the help of a teacher to say, go that way, look there, do that. And then when you start to wander out, they, the teacher, if it's your teacher, they'll say, get back there. It's a little bit parental, but it's not about obeying. If it's about obeying, that's suspect. Neha. So come here. Um, come here on Zoom. You've already done it. You've already made a connection. You've asked a question. If you're 21, if you have enough uh, resources to maintain for a while, I haven't talked to you at all, but if you can, go into retreat. Join this uh, group here. We, we uh, box it. We do a mini retreat, you could say. What? Once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Why do you, I do three fingers like this, but you do three fingers like that. Is there some special thing you're doing there? Oh, because of these? Oh, because of the Colt 45? No. Oh. Total sign language. So any further question from her? Oh, goodbye. Um, I would, she is not asking a question, but I wonder, if the 9010 has any impact on us maintaining friendships. You know, I, I understand what you're saying about friendships, but uh, the, the and you're, you're asking me, so I'm going to tell you and tell everybody here, the best kind of friend is a spiritual friend. If you have relative friends, not going to work uh, from the point of view of you can't lean on anyone. You lean on anyone, especially someone who has no idea who they are, and they're a confusion about identity. It's going to come apart. Don't lean on anybody. I won't let you lean on me, although it may look like you're doing that. I won't let you do that. I want you to see who you are. I want Neha to see who she is. And my goodness, my badness. She's 21. What a, what a great thing to start. Now, I didn't start this path. Uh, as a practice, as a meditation practice, until I was in, I think I was 32 or something like that. So start now, find out who you are. There's nothing here to join. You owe me nothing. That doesn't mean you shouldn't help me. You can, but that's your business. Further question from her? Okay. When you're bowing, is it possible to use the 90-10 when, with our mind, our mind stream. Yes. I think I touched on a little bit when I first started. So don't don't interrupt your mind stream. But listen to your mind. Listen, watch the thoughts come and go. The very nature of Shikantada, maybe not as it was taught uh, by Dogen. I don't know how Dogen taught. I never met the guy. But he was a powerful teacher and he could talk about relative and absolute at the same time. It's very confusing if you had enough openness to even hear him. It didn't lead to some kind of relative understanding. It led to the edge of a cliff. 
And he was doing that intentionally, as near as I can tell. What is a cliff to actually leave relative truth, the greed, the aggression, and the ignorance that is binding you to this body form that is very temporary and transcend this world right now. Do it right now. And you do the right now is right here, sitting down. So you watch your thoughts come and go. Sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical. The thoughts come and they go away. And they come back and they go away. They get really fluffy. And then they get really grimy and smelly. Just observe. There's no one observing that. There's just, just consciousness only. Just consciousness only. If you think it's something else, then it goes in circles. If there's any other that is imputed or believed or pushed on or grasped or ignored, then the illusion continues to ramp up. And that aspect, that part of the consciousness we call the seventh or the um, paranoid aspect of consciousness. Consciousness can do anything. It can actually curl up into a ball and be a dictator. Just observe, just observe. Yeah. So you also say that we don't have any control over our thoughts, or maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. So our thoughts dependently arisen, always. There isn't anything that you can point to or talk about or indicate or feel or hear, or smell or taste that isn't dependently arisen. Everything. So if we don't. Isn't that pretty cool? I don't know what that is. So it's cool and not cool, therefore it's cool. <laughs> You're working on very, walking on very thin ice. <laughs> thin ice. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I just broke through the ice. <laughs> broke through the ice. Did you have it really? Did you have a further question? It, if all thoughts are dependently arisen, then I, I, how can we not chatter back at ourselves? You don't have to stop chattering back. <clears throat> There's nothing to accomplish. There's nothing to do but see what this is, but just receive. But if you're, if you're operating out of fear of being wrong, that's ego. If you're, if you're working out of pride of being right, that's ego. Any position on it, any position at all on it. And so what is that about seeing the position you take? It's watching the insanity, watching the grasping. It's hard because when you, when you see that, it doesn't feel good and it feels difficult or challenging or smelly or painful right in the area of the consciousness that thinks there is someone. The ego mind, it, the feeling just shrinks up and it's tight. It's like a fist. It's like you, li you can live your whole life like this with a fist right here in your heart, not the pump, blood pumping organ, right here. Not even the heart chakra. Not concerned about any of those. I'm just saying right here, right here. It's a knot. This can be opened. How do you do? How do you open that? You just see the way it's closed, and then it starts to relax. No guarantee, because if you look for look for that to start to relax, that's the very nature of aggression. It's to be demanding about anything. If you want anything for yourself, demand anything. I'm not saying you don't get hungry and want a sandwich. But it's the demand part that causes us to go in circles, swinging swords and battle axes and going on for centuries. And it's, it seems so, when we're doing it, it seems so justifiable. Of course, I have to fight her, him, them. 
look what they've done to me. So we all get trapped in that incredible medieval melodrama. It's very, very painful. So to have a path like uh, with our friend from who just, uh, is it Neha? Uh, who just is looking, has no friends. Was she 21 and just graduated from college apparently? Um, well, you know, get a job, I suppose, or depending on, there's so many variables there, but train your mind. Don't, don't miss a chance to do that. You can, you'll get that training every day here. Every weekday for sure at 6 p.m. Same thing over and over. Just repeat, repeat, repeat. You can look at all the talks that I have all over the place, but there's probably somewhere around a thousand of them on YouTube. And there's probably, I know there's a lot more than that that aren't anywhere but in somebody's recorder. They just ran into a talk that I gave last, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago on opening the eye mind, standing in a gallery over here in Kalamazoo. I forgot, I never watched it, forgot everything I said. Didn't even remember doing that. And suddenly, didn't you stumble into that? Down in the, down in the basement? No, it's just, just, it's just said my, my, uh, the, the, the name the government calls me, that one. And so, but it, I think it said OTEM on there, so open the eye mind. But anyway, have to start somewhere. Start right where you're at, wherever you're at. And Neha, start, start right where you're at. Find a place to sit down, hold still, watch the mind, and don't look for results. And if you look for results, then just be aware that you're looking for results. That won't last. Under the under the light, under the heat, under the intensity of awareness, which does not have a self, is not a self. Aware, aware. What is awareness? Receiving, receiving, smelling, tasting, touching, hearing, thinking, with nothing extra. Particularly, I use that word particular. It's got a lot of syllables in it. It's easier to say particularly, or what's that? What's the other one? Probably. Yeah, instead of prob probably, mm -hmm. which is the correct number of syllables, you say probably or probably. Yeah, that's or probably. That's probably going to happen. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Junshu Valley. I'm stealing Chisho's question, so I might not get it right. But what is there a difference between daydreaming? on the cushion and daydreaming off the cushion. Whose question is that? Chisho. And he's not telling me he's going through you? It was from book study a few days ago. Oh, okay. So you are collecting things that he says. Uh, I feel thought people were doing that probably. What was the question? Is there a difference between daydreaming on the cushion and daydreaming off the cushion? Well, one of them you're moving around and the other one you're holding still. But no difference. Same same structure. It's just that on the cushion, the daydream itself is the same thing, or it's very similar. But on the cushion, uh, the direction, the instruction is to watch the movement of it, watch the daydream come up, and realize that it's a daydream. Whereas off the cushion, uh, wandering around, when the body's in motion, uh, the movement of the body is, seems extremely real. Not not to your not you're thinking. Oh, I'm so real. I'm moving around. It's just that the overall uh, consciousness itself uh, 
we can't see that those are actually differentiating themselves. The body's here, the consciousness is doing something else. So if I were to be very literal about it, the consciousness that you're, he's talking about or we're talking about uh, is the body. There, aren't, there are not two things anywhere. There's not a body and a mind. But they're also not the same. That's why it's so difficult to figure out you can't because the very nature of it is way beyond our uh, uh, mealy-mouthed intellect. Not that the intellect isn't powerful and shouldn't be respected and used. If you come to attend any, attend any of these book studies, we use the intellect every day, day in and day out. Some people are against that and want to just meditate and not think about it. It's a misunderstanding. Did he have more or did you have more? Okay. If we were able to, if we were off the cushion in everyday life, if we were able to stop, physically stop the movement and hold still for a moment and look at yes. the I mean, as you're going through the kitchen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Would that be any different than sitting meditation? Uh, it would be different. Yeah, it would be different because it's not very long, but it might be a good thing to do to just stop and just and just notice that you're here and you have hands. Just very simple intuition and then continue rather than try to maintain any kind of awareness. Don't maintain awareness. Don't do meditation in action like is taught everywhere by everybody. Walking meditation, meditation in action. Um, I practiced it myself for several decades. I don't teach it now because I want there to be a strong for you, if you're a student of mine, I want there to be a strong contrast between holding still and getting up and doing the rest of your life. So meditation and action is going to happen naturally rather than something you're imposing, trying to be a meditator. The ego hears that, oh, I can be a meditator. And then the ego gets very, very good and very mindful. We'll, we'll tell ourselves how mindful we are as we slowly cover up the pile of crap in the back of our mind that is our karma and ours is our responsibility to receive. If we are fidgeting a lot on the cushion, does that impede our ability to see? Well, it may, but it's about awareness, not about getting rid, rid of impedance. It's, it's, it's about our awareness of that. So some people met, uh, fidget, fidget around a lot. Conventional Zen tradition, which is not practiced here, is to stop that and, you know, pick up a stick and threaten, don't move, no moving, no sneezing, no, 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 all this. Uh, and so I practiced that way a little bit, enough to get an idea of how that works uh, experientially. Um, I'm not saying that some people might not need that. Probably if they have a connection with a teacher who teaches that way, then that might be the best way that, for them to go. I wouldn't try to say, come and do what I say. But you have to have a connection with the teacher. Some people think about this differently. Um, that's okay too. So it's about observing the fidgeting. So if you find yourself moving as that, that kind of fidgeting, just like adjusting and then adjusting and then adjusting. I would say try to hold this uh, mudra if you're there or hold this mudra. Going back and forth between mudra is just stylized fidgeting. You've just given it a, a form so you can fidget to move. If you want to do that, then let's be really strong about it. Get right up off the cushion, go for a walk. Go out and look out the kitchen window. Go make a sandwich. Go to the bathroom. Flip through uh, National Geographic. Do we have any of those around? No, we have a little stack of them over there. 
So I'm saying, you know, actually go back into just your everyday situation and then come back, sit down, hold still. You know that in this Zendo, you'll never be corrected for getting it. You can come in here and sit down for eight minutes and leave. No one will say anything to you. It started out different than that. Some people were really critical of other people who didn't sit there with them. Yeah. Shouldn't they be staying in here also? No. <laughs> Mind your own business. You, know, you train your mind instead of looking and seeing what this person's doing next to you and, and thinking, well, they're not sitting as much as I am. Well, but when they do sit, they might they might be more unreceived than you've ever been. I mean, I'm just saying this. I'm just saying it just so many ways. We really need to be respectful of our own confusion and the confusion of others if we're ever going to have any deep understanding of what this is and transcend this world without even leaving it, without the body. Way before the body comes apart, goes back into the elements, you know what this is. You're not threatened by anything. You're not even a body anymore. But you can't say, well, I'm everywhere. It sounds kind of, you know, creepy. You're everywhere? Like where? <laughs> You're in the bathroom? No, it's not that corny. It's it's completely uh, just over the top. Uh, I, I, there's no expression for it. You'll be tongue-tied. This, if this shows up in your life, you won't know what it is. It will not be an experience. You might say, well, how could that possibly happen? Well, it can happen because it's already the case. Yes, sir. Brian, uh, Brian, I've often um, I've often thought about my relation to society and my my value as a man, and I'm is that an outflow? A little bit. It just depends on how much time is spent on that. So, but a little bit of that is. That's happening to everybody in a way. I don't see unless there's something else you want to know that you're that is just behind what you've asked about. Brian Bowen. Could that be um, could that be an example of where this ninety ten thing could be worked with or Bowen? Maybe if you're speaking about about working with your own outflows that are just in your mind, that things that are showing up, ideas and so on, uh, just just receive all that, but don't necessarily uh, interact with it in a way where you're pushing it away, or whether you're reinforcing it, or saying, "Yeah, this is working okay," or when you're whether you're turning away, ignoring it, or finding something else to think about, uh, just not wanting to f reflect on that at all. Any kind of uh, tension that happens in the mind stream. Uh, is that helpful or is there more? I don't know. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Further questions? Yes, sir. James, I'm buying. If I see myself spinning out of the 10%, should I endeavor to return to the 90%? Um, a little. I mean, you've already had the intention that if things start to move away, then just watch that. It's about awareness. So the form is there. Just like this form is here, we use this form. But we really—I'm not saying you couldn't meditate on your own, but it's much harder to meditate if you have a—you live in a monastery and you participate in these forms, just like you did this morning with the morning service, weren't you, the dawn? So is that something you do on your own? No. So you come in, you use this form, but this is not a prison. 
this is not this monastery is quite a bit different than other monasteries down through the centuries. This actually is breathes. You can you can leave here and never come back. I mean, I might take issue with you leaving, but I would not stop you. You already know that. We've had enough time talking together that something is happening within you with your life and you need to go another direction. Uh, I will probably support you rather than saying, you know, stopping you altogether. More, more. Excuse me, Mike. Is there a risk of getting a credential for 9010? No, because you're never going to get it. You can't do 9010. If you do 9010, then you'll probably, your head will pop off. Well, at least your ears would bust. All that listening, all that receiving. I see where you're going, but I would say stop worrying about the risk of credentials. You're a fully ordained monk. Uh, you're highly intelligent, not a compliment, just an observation. And and you're on a path that has been around for 2,500 years. It's taught a lot of different ways. There's a lot of ways that I would not necessarily agree with, but I wouldn't stop someone from practicing uh, Mitran uh, Shoshu or, or Mitran. What's the other part of the word there? I can't remember. But anyway, just chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, if, if that's what you want to do, go do that. that. That might be just exactly what you need to do. I'm not saying you should, or I'm just saying using that as an example. Someone needs to, a former student of mine, I won't say his name, but went from practicing this, sitting right in here, sitting right here and asking me very direct questions. And I was giving him very direct responses. He went back into Roman Catholicism. Is that wrong? Not, no, not really. I mean, it, relatively, it might not set up with what it is that I'm endeavoring to point to, but it, it's, his, it's his life. It's his confusion. He may have to go through a few more lifetimes as a Roman Catholic before he uh, realizes that God loves him. I'm not joking at all. I don't make that kind of a joke. Yes, sir. Brian Bond. Is, is seeking value leaning on a credential? Sticking to what? Seeking. Yeah. Seeking value as a man. Is that? Yeah. Well, as a as a man, because then you got an idea. Then you're then you're you're affected by a whole lot of cultural stuff that looks like your idea when it's actually it's your conditioning. Don't believe. Don't disbelieve. Don't look away. Transcend this world. And then you don't. You can still have a peanut butter sandwich, and you can still uh, you can still be a man. You can still you can just do anything. You can, as has been happening lately in our societies all over the world, is uh, people who are born one sex feel like they really belong in the other sexual orientation. That is completely accurate because it's happening. We, we, you can't. It's very difficult to get a big picture. The only way you can get a big picture. So the idea that there is a big, big picture is see how really limited and picky your own uh, crazy mind is. That's how you see it. there's a big picture, but I, I don't see it because I'm stuck on my narrow-mindedness. I see how narrow-minded I am. You have to see that. You can't get rid of it. Adriana asks, when I listen to myself, I hear a lot of contradictions. Should I endeavor to respect that or resolve it? I'll do anything with it. I mean, respect would be probably the best thing to do. Don't fight with it. 
but if just kind just watch the contradictions it's just called a, a cl classical uh definition or description is <clears throat> conflicting emotions about the nature of reality which means you and the world that's what we're doing we're in our house we're in our family we're working with our our uh, great uncle who's dying and somebody else who's demanding that we go and take care of him or i mean just all of the various things that happen in families and so on it's just uh it's just receive as much as you can don't do anything with it they're, they're, Correct and incorrect can be relatively balanced or justified as it's done in our society, of course. We're in the society, so we have to live this way. We need attorneys. Otherwise, you can't navigate this thing, this situation. It's just, it takes a certain way of linear thinking that is actually in circles, as I'm sure you know. But it's it's a very way, a way of working it all out so everything works out uh, according to certain laws and rules and so on. We need some of that, but the spiritual path goes beyond that. If you're ready to do that, then look at your mind, look at your own confusion. Don't fix anything. Just look at it. Just observe. You can do that. You hold bowing. Go ahead. You hold. You often say that put others before ourselves. Is that wrong to put ourselves first by saying, taking care of our basic needs and not reflecting our emotions? Bowing? It's pretty subjective. I think, sure, you, we need to take care of ourselves. You aren't going to be able to, be able to help anybody if everything is about you're, you're idealistically committed to just helping everybody and you're letting your whole personal life fall apart. No, you might need to. You know, I need to go to the French Riviera. We got the money to do it. Might take care of yourself. But even people in this monastery are there's people that are not here today, and they didn't. They you could say they got permission from me, but I don't to to go to Ohio to um, be with family there. That's fine with me. Uh, there's no real requirement, but I trust people in this situation to take care of themselves. And that might be take care of themselves. So a person I'm thinking of there is a uh, take care of us all the time, helps this monastery and the people in this monastery and very little acknowledgement or reward, I would say, although this person does not complain at all. They certainly could if they wanted to, they don't. So. That's not particularly a par take you, Larley, a credential for them. But it's something you see. You see someone just helping other people, helping this monastery, helping this uh, old teacher. Uh, I don't know if I'm any other questions on that. It's a good area. If you have the questions, please don't hesitate. I'll try to respond in a way that's helpful if I can. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. You're doing fine. I mean, I'm not right there. I can't watch you and how you interact with your in-laws and with your husband, you know, or Abe or Ellie. I don't know how you're how you're working with that, but I think you're probably pretty doing pretty good. I would guess. Sit a lot. Sit a lot. Meditate, 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 meditate. I'm very biased there, as you probably know. Further questions? You have them? 
You don't have to have any if you don't want one. It just means we get to close earlier. <laughs> you guys think I want to sit up here and do this? <laughs> Monica, Bonnie. Monica. What is the difference between a trained mind and an untrained mind? And does it have to do, does a trained mind, it, how is that related with the non-experience of awakening? So the trained mind, uh, and this is just a way of talking about it, doesn't uh, object to anything, agree with anything, or ignore anything situationally. So it's not this big awareness that's aware of the cosmic nature of you know, everything. It's it's not fancy. It's ordinary. And so, but there's a body situation uh, in which the awareness is uh, showing up. Uh, so here we are. And the untrained mind is grasping at some things and rejecting other things based on somewhat on the situation that's out there in the living room or down the hallway, but also based on what, how that person has been handling any kind of obstruction or difficulty since they were born. Some people, if any of you who know small children, and I know you all, you, and all of you have been small children, but look back or look at that and see how some children are born pretty reasonable and agreeable and other children are born already insane. I mean, already really confused and at war with everything, trying to control, control, control. So if they're lucky, they're born into a, a family that is kind to them, nurtures them, understands, works with their confusion in a way that is not indulging, but is uh, respectful of the confusion. Not easy to do, especially if you have not trained your mind and you're a parent and your, uh, your upbringing and your conditioning has not been particularly, shall we say, healthy. Bowing. Yes. So, so is there a, a change or a process that seems to be necessary for, for awakening between you know, untrained and trained, it, it just seems contradictory if, if there's no, no cause to. It's, it is causeless. And the reason it's causeless is we are hooked on right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death, all the polarity, you name them, you, you can name them as easy as I can. Why we have two nostrils, two eyes, two ears, and only one mouth. What the hell's the deal? Where's that other mouth at? Where is? Across the room from you. That's where it's at. So we really need to receive everything as it is, rather than start to add on to try to make it fit our idea, our projections, and cover up our hopes and fears, or, or enhance our hopes and cover up the fears, that kind of polarity. So the difference is, situationally, it's just that the person who sees what this is and realizes is no longer just contained in a body, they're in a body, but they're, they're not concerned. Uh, what happens next? And they, they, they're relatively concerned. They want something to eat or they might want to protect someone or who's in danger. Or, so they're very situational, but no, they don't live in some kind of philosophical dynamic. They're just here. It's like with the Uno, uh, this morning, we were having our regular philosophical talk and where, where she gives me her teachings and, uh, and she was on the couch. You remember that? You were on the couch across the room, and I said, 
And she, she said, what? And I said, I'm whispering to her. And she finally got up and came across, got right up my ear. And I said, I don't give a shit what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying over and over and over again. At the time, we're talking about things that are happening, things that are showing up. Like I've sometimes said about this monastery, this whole place can collapse. I don't want it to, but there's no demand. If this needs to come apart, and let it come apart. If you and other people out here want this to continue, it's up to you. I'm, just, I'm doing my uh, little tiny part by sitting up here and telling you stuff, trying to teach you, uh, trying to give you some support, some encouragement to continue to train your mind. Uh, it's, it's so simple, you can miss it. I say start out by don't miss your life. That means don't get rid of the shit that arises in your mind stream. It's very important. If you, if you push it away or if you explain it, or justify it or validate it or judge it or whatever you do, or if you ignore it or turn away and just imagine, pretend that it's not there, you will recondition the whole situation so that you won't have to look at it right now. But eventually, maybe in this lifetime, it'll come up and slap you in the face. But if it doesn't here, then it will. And am I predicting your future? No, I'm not. Nothing's going to happen if you want the actual situation. Could take another talk or a talk, not talk. Question. That's right. Adriana asks, uh, "How does listening ninety ten connect with losing the war?" <sighs> okay, so the, the practice of doing that first, you see that you can't quite do it, but you are listening more to the other person or the situation, and you're. Mm -hmm you're receiving that situation. So you're receiving the, uh, the, the outflow of the other person, whatever is coming out of them, their production, and you become a receiver. You are, this is a fundamental way of, you, you could call it developing. I don't think it's actual developing, but you could call it developing generosity. You're going to give your attention to that other person, no matter how screwed up they sound. If it gets so much that it's, that it's overwhelming to you, then excuse yourself and leave. Take a break and then come back three days hence. Listen to them some more. Very important to listen to people. I could not do this function in this particular way unless I listened fairly well. But then again, if you listen too well, people get nervous being around you. They're not sure why you're listening so much. I've had people, one person in particular, turn into a kind of a screaming person because I wasn't helping them enough. I was helping everybody else, but I was not helping that person. They were very mad at me. Yi Hong Baoing, can I ask a follow-up question? Of course. Because I want to ask, and since you just mentioned, putting ourselves before, putting others before ourselves, how does that show up for you? regarding teacher-student relationship bowing? So simply put, I try to or endeavor to or intend to put others before myself, but that always doesn't show up as uh, to someone else looking on. They might not think when I told that person to get out of here and don't come back for a year, uh, they did that. And, and instead, they, uh, uh, instead of uh, coming back in a year, they never come back. That's their business. 
But I, I can't work with a person who just comes in and yells and screams at me and accuses me. I say, we just go somewhere else, basically. So putting others before yourself or meeting people where you're where they're at, this is what I'm saying. I endeavor to do that. But first, you have to show up uh, right in front of me, either on Zoom, if you live in South Africa or here in person, if you're uh, in the United States or able to get to the monastery, then show up and present your situation and I will endeavor to help you. Some people don't want to get too close. So, and, you know, is that is that close to what you're looking for there? Yes. So meet, if you haven't met yourself, where you're, if you don't know who this is, I'm talking about touch your own breastbone. If you don't know who this is, you're not going to be able to see who other people are because you, all you see is your projections onto them. You don't see the actual person. It's scary to look and see what another person is dealing with. Because they're not that they're everybody's in hell, but quite often people are avoiding that. They're avoiding being the negative part of their life. I say, don't miss your life. I'll help you with that with your permission. I don't have your permission. I'm not here to guarantee anything. I would say go away. But if you want to stay, then I will help you along in the community. The three jewels. It's a pretty good structure for doing this. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. I have some questions somewhere down here. Uh, um, Georgios, is that how I pronounce it? Georgios? Close enough, huh? Okay, Georgios says, maybe listening is a confirmation, bowing. Sure. It doesn't matter because it's receiving is what's important. It doesn't matter what you're receiving. It could be gunk, it could be music, it could be someone's complaint, it could be any number of things, but you're giving them your attention. The first step into generosity, kindness, or even compassion. Compassion is not a feeling. You can't afford to be a feeling because then it's swayed by, oh, I can feel so sorry for, or I, or I, or the feeling over here is I'm so irritated by this. It's not a feeling. Compassion doesn't take a position. Therefore, uh, fundamentally, it's uh, aligned with what is commonly called wisdom. So, yeah, there, there's some confirmation happening there, Georgios or Georgos. Further question? Anyone out? There's 37 windows open, so three of them are there's me and the monastery. The other two, the rest of them are human beings, I presume, unless you have some kind of disguise on. Let's see who else we've got on here. There's all kinds of questionable people. So I'm wondering why there aren't more questions. <clears throat> Come on, Monica, give me another one. Monica Bowing. <laughs> Can I ask the same question? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. Get a different answer. Uh, can a trained mind be become trained instantaneously? Both. It's gradual and it's instantaneous. Those two are not separate. Any polarity you can find are not different from each other. 
They look different for a long time until you see it. And when you see it, then the very seeing and what you're seeing are not no longer separate. So everywhere you look, you're looking in a mirror. That's the only only image, uh, relative image that really works very well is a mirror. It's not, there's not another person there. Just that's, that's the illusion that we are, what, deluded by. But if you see it, then you, it's hard not to cheer up quite a bit uh, in, in the midst of the, the, the desolation, in the midst of the catastrophes that are happening and the suffering, intense, intense suffering in the world. If you, if, if you start to see this, you, you, you'll collapse. It will destroy you. It, it, it just it will knock you off your feet. So it isn't like you're ignoring that, but you're keeping it very situational. You're looking at this person, at that person. You're using your eyes, tongue, nose, body, mind. You just receive, receive. And then if someone needs a response or you needs you to produce something in terms of uh, helping or making a suggestion or having uh, interaction with someone, then it will be uh, it will be obvious. Thank you. Thank you. Bowing, how can we deeply look at the attachment to our children as a mom? Bowing. Well, I'm not, I'm kind of a mom. Uh, I have a lot of uh, things that moms have here. Uh, I would just say, just, just continue. Spend a lot of time holding still, call it meditation, call it cucumbers, but call, spend a lot of time holding very still, sit symmetrical, and just observe the movement. You're like sitting on the side of a, of a river and watching a river flow looking at a pond where fish are running around. You have no say-so about those fish. You have no say-so about clouds in the sky. All of them are really interesting if you look at them for a while, entertaining, but they're really none of your business. You can't just say, uh, you can't just try to control one of those fish, nor can you control your thoughts. If you if you do think you control your thoughts, uh, this, that's the very nature of, of ignorance or delusion. You can't really control them. Could you talk more about the attachment regarding the identity of, of the children? Bowing. Their identity? Yes. Protect them. Encourage them. Uh, when, they, when they get uh, so-called out of line, gently put them back into line. If you have to pick them right up off and put them back and repeat, repeat repeat and they, they catch on eventually but if they don't and if you have conflicts with uh, the other part of the upbringing duo called the husband in your case then then it can get just really difficult if you can't have some kind of basic understanding of how to work with that i had in my uh, with my uh, young children uh, many years ago had, they're all, if you knew any of them now, you'd say they're all completely different and going different directions and doing different kinds of things. And they were all kind of at war with each other when they were all very young in different ways. And it was uncomfortable. Uh, and their mother at the time, I did not, we did not get along. Uh, we we had, had a difficult time and got divorced after about uh, eight, 10 years, something like that. But we didn't disagree on those children. Uh, we, I, I, don't, I don't remember a single disagreement we had on what to do with, my, say, my oldest son, Takudo, who is now, what is he, 56, I think, 55, 56. Um, and didn't, didn't have, an, and he was not the easiest 
he's never here because he, he he doesn't come on here because he knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, uh, but we didn't have a disagreement about that. So therefore, that that was quite helpful in, in that because I was having a terrible time with my mind frame at the time, and it was uh, it was about the time that I split up with his mother, their mother. There was several other children, and uh, it, it was a difficult time for for me and for her. Yeah. So, but we agreed on the on the children. So they they got a, a kind of a united front there, so to speak. Not not much controlling them. They had, they had a lot of freedom. Did I get close to what you're looking for, or was that helpful a little bit? You homebowing? Yes, that's helpful. I yeah. just uh, trying to reflect today, especially Mother's Day, and how yeah. I can yeah. Oh, good, good day to ask about that. And you're, I've met your children on here, and they're both extremely energetic. As you know, I don't need to tell you that. And they're really creative. Both of them are. They're just full of that. So, you know, give them, give them a lot of, uh, uh, I'm not talking about busy work, but get, get, you know, engage them in different ways, uh, you know, as far as their, what they're interested in and so on like that. I can talk more about that uh, personal if you want to. I, I don't want to say too much because it's personal stuff. But I could if you wanted to. Is there a final question anywhere from anybody? Eric, no question for me? I'll try to put it together. Yeah. No rush. I love your questions. So just whenever you can get to it. And you can always ask Chisho and then he can ask me. <laughs> 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 well, that's what Chisho. Yeah, you saw that. You guys, come on. One last question. David Bowie. David, good. All the way from Iran. Um, will the consciousness be bound to the body after the liberation, Bowie? So I, I can't, can't say I don't have a memory of that experience, but the way it looks now is it depends on uh, the way the attachment works to everything. If you're if you're not attached to outcomes, then the consciousness uh, is, is only uh, laminated or locked into or hooked into the, the body form uh, uh, through, through it's uh, propelled by fear or hope for something better, for a God realm or fear of a terrible situation showing up. But if there's no fear, if you're fearless, uh, and, and that fearlessness doesn't mean fear is gone. It just means that you're not manipulated by fear. You can have you can have fear well up in you every day. But if it can't find a self, if it can't find a solid being that where consciousness is curled up into a, a hideout of me, me, me and my stuff and is paranoid, if it can't find that, then it just comes apart because it is just dependently arisen. It's just a bunch of shit or uh, um, um, cupcakes coming out of nowhere. It's just causes and conditions arise and interact in different ways and bump into each other and just collapse and go away. Impermanence. But that which is not manifested cannot disappear. And who you are is unmanifest. It's like the sky. There's nothing there. You only, only know there's a sky if things arise in it, like clouds. You only know there's a mind if thoughts arise in it. But the mind that, that where, there, where nothing arises is... Uh, is your, your true nature, if I may be so bold to say it that way. Find it, find it, find it. Don't, don't miss your life. Very good, thank you so much.
Walong, can you hear me? Did you, did you, a long time ago, did you send me uh, a video? Just, just take a second. Uh, did you send me a video uh, by uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky? That was, that was, I can't remember the full name, but the last part of it was poetry, something poetry. Can you send me that? Maybe I can, I can go back. What, yeah. what specifically was it him reading poetry or? No, no, it's a, it's a movie. It's a, it's a, it's a play. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, Sing Fing was the name of one of his, uh, his poetry. Yeah. Well, I lost it for a long time and I just finally started watching it. For the first time that's why you never heard from me about that well, i just saw you and I, I thought if i don't say something right now it'll it'll drop off the the memory table and i'll never mention it for another five years yeah and i need to send you uh the latest film which is uh the documentary of psychomagia his psychomagic please thank you thank you thank you thank you hi i'm senshu one of sokuzan's monks Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you.